0: I always say that that there are different types of coffee. You can have a very quick espresso (laughs) or you can have a a, a long, relaxed latte latte or something like that. Or your mocha chocca, whatever it is.
1: made it to Montreal in Canada and as always in these episodes whether well whether the live episodes or not I'm usually here with Lindsay so I'm here with Lindsay hey Lindsay hi Hi. (laughs) and we've just seen the opening ceremony so we are at the start of Langfest we are both giving presentations this year and what are we looking forward to today so give us a quick overview of the day
2: so today, yeah. Um, there's a couple of talks this afternoon. Then there's a little break for lunch, and then there's a the prodigy and professor night, the soirée la prodige et le professeur, mm-hmm. with Bella and her mum. Yes. Do you remember? She was on like viral sensation. Yes, Shannon just explained this to me because yes. I was I was a bit confused by, by who's
1: Bella. So apparently this went completely past me. I am a thousand oh. years old or something. Yeah. So Bella, correct me if I'm wrong, okay. is a girl who is five years old yes. and speaks
2: eight languages and was on Russia's Got Talent. Yeah, I think so. That's as far as I understand. Yeah. We'll find out tonight. Okay. And, and then, we are meeting her tonight. This is then, amazing. And after that, it's yes. um Stephen Krashen polygloss and the comprehension hypothesis so, yeah. so we're that, going we're going applied linguistics tonight yeah. so, so yeah. that's the that's the evening mm-hmm. <clears throat> this is <clears throat> unedited <clears throat> sorry that's genuine cough and then before that there's two talks this afternoon oh three talks at the same time right so you have to pick where you want to go yeah so we've got um, three tracks yeah so there is cross-cultural relationships and then with joey one of the organizers and then uh, unconventional motivation techniques tech, techniques which mm. I'm going to go to as well with with um, Jana. Jana
1: Fatness, who yeah. is a, a, a really, I found her really engaging in her mm. presentation in Polyglot Berlin, yeah. um, where she taught us some Japanese. I don't remember oh. any Japanese, but I thought I thought her presentation was great. Ah, really I enjoyed it. it. <laughs> okay so during this episode what I'm going to do is I'm sort of going to take the mic around give us a bit of an impression of the event and I'll check in with people after they've seen some talks and see what the talks were about cool yeah I'm lucky I'm a lucky girl today I've grabbed one of the organizers or presidents or what do you call yourselves
3: well, we're organizers.
1: Organized. We're organizers. Okay. So one of the organizers of Langfest in Montreal, the man himself is here with me, Tetsu Young. Hello, Tetsu.
3: Hi, Kirsten. What
1: are your stress levels like right now? <laughs> you
3: know, it's okay. It's okay. We we've prepared for this. I've not slept, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yes. It's okay. How many people have you got here today and over the weekend?
3: I think I think today, I mean it is a work day. Um, we got 160 or so, I think Mm -hmm. it's, it's already just today on a work day, we've got, you know, more than last year in total. Um, so that's, that's a good sign. Um, you know, we're looking at north of 300 for the, for the event.
1: Amazing. Amazing.
3: So definitely it's, 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 it's starting off to a good foot.
1: How has it changed from last year?
3: Um, how has it not changed from last year? It's, it's really completely redesigned. I mean, I think, um, we we have a new team. Uh, you know, the core a few core members are the same, but but really everything is revived. I mean, re- revised, and uh, the the team, uh, the extended team uh, is is you know um, how would I say we have we have a, a, a more extended team to do a lot of the frontline work, and we have a good core. So it's kind of like we have our organization chart. Yeah. Uh, and last year, it was just everybody doing everything, uh, just running all over the place. So we're much more organized from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, the way we work, the way we communicate, our systems online, uh, our share drives, um, everybody's you know gotten uh, very used to it uh, quite early, um, yeah. like last year. Because we, we started doing monthly meetings uh, and ad hoc meetings, uh, somewhere in October of last year so so we, we got a head start because last year's event there was it was quite chaotic until pretty <laughs> pretty much the end so mm. but
1: yeah so you are doing a talk as well at Langfest what's it like to be the organizer and to then do a talk at the same time
3: well, um, doing a talk is a privilege. I think you know, to to this crowd, this, to have you know this distinguished crowd to to listen to me mm-hmm.
1: talk. That's how I feel too. <laughs> <laughs>
3: so, so I I want to do it, and since I'm the organizer, I kind of can give myself a a little slot.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What are you you going to be talking about?
3: So uh, I'll be talking about the thing I know best is how to raise multilingual children. Mm -hmm. So I have three children, and I'm raising them in a specific way, uh, namely the way I was raised when I was a kid. It's uh, really to create an environment to to allow them to uh, speak various languages uh, on a daily basis. So um, that that's pretty much all I'm going to talk about.
1: How do you how do you do that? How do you create an environment where your children can speak several languages? Yeah. You know I mean you live in a bilingual city mm-hmm. but even even beyond that how do you do that in the home?
3: Yeah. So my religion is OPOL, OPOL. So one person one language and I take that, you know, a step um I guess further than than the typical opal most people think of opal as one one parent, one language in our case, we really stress the one person one language because we want to go beyond two languages um, and so my myself, I speak Mandarin to the kids my wife she's Japanese, so she would speak Japanese to the kids. And then living in Quebec, we would, you know, send them to uh, daycare. They speak French all the time. And uh, to add, you know, another layer, we've uh, invited a an au pair from Mexico, and she would speak uh, Spanish all the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, English, it's on and off. They've been to uh, an English uh, daycare in Taiwan for a while. Here, we've also had an, a, a Danish uh, au pair who spoke uh, English with them for a while. So English is kind of on and off, but uh, the Spanish au pair is, is continuous. We've been doing this for two years, uh, mm-hmm. more
1: than two years now. And do you feel that... As a parent, you need to have a certain level of privilege in order to create that environment for your kids, or could anybody do it?
3: Um, It all depends on how far you want to go Mm -hmm. and how deep. Or how many languages? Uh, some people tell me, "Well, you have a Japanese wife. You live in Quebec, so you have a special, you know, you have special circumstances." And I won't yeah. say you know, got a head start, huh? Yeah, I won't deny that. But at the same time, I would say not everybody wants to you know, want their children to learn five languages, mm-hmm. right? So. Um, it It is, you know, costly in terms of uh, or finances and also uh, resources. Mm-hmm. But we want them to do these five languages. So we're investing in their future. Um, mm-hmm. Some parents may want more. Some parents may want less. It, it really depends on what you want. So if you say, you know, can anybody do it? Anybody can do it to what they want it to be.
1: And what do you think when you think into the future of your kids? What do you think will make you happiest, proudest, what, what is the reward you get as a parent for having kids that speak five languages?
3: To really see them be, well, be proud of their multicultural background and to be able to go out there and be themselves in any language uh, that, they, that they're using, uh, travel the world, have no barriers, and be able to work, live where they want to mm-hmm. and do what they want to and be able to communicate the way they want to uh, using these these languages
1: yeah freedom then ultimately yeah and this real openness
3: yes uh, absolutely freedom you know f- from their from from their point of view
1: mm-hmm.
3: but also uh, yeah for them to have a personality uh, of, you know, an accepting personality, uh, people, you know, openness. You, you you mentioned open-mindedness mm-hmm. to different cultures and different uh, ways of thinking. Mm-hmm. It's all part of it, I think.
1: Yeah. Oh, what a wonderful way to parent. And what a, you know, what a gift to give your family. Well done. And what a gift to give to everyone in Montreal and beyond with, with Langfest and all your involvement and the hard work. So I'll just say thank you here. <laughs> <laughs> and hang on a sec. If I've got battery left, let's just give it a go one question that people ask me a lot when I say, oh, I'm going to Polyglot Gathering, am going to Langfest, is, oh, how many languages do I have to speak? Or do I have to be, you know, the super multilingual polyglot magic person? Um, what is your answer to that? Is, is this an event open to all?
3: Absolutely to anybody who, who's got any interest in languages.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: I always, you know, uh, give the analogy of how many instruments do you need to play if you want to go to the jazz festival?
1: Yeah, true, true. Right. I mean,
3: you can be an amateur, you know, you can love yeah. l- music and go enjoy it and not be a musician, right? Languages, there are various aspects of languages. Of course, learning languages is a big part, but also, you know, there are professions in languages. There's also culture um, mm-hmm. and, and parenting. You know, you don't have to be a multilingual to raise multilingual children. Mm-hmm. So... There's various aspects to it, and this is the place where I think everybody is, you know, supportive and and you know, um, accepting. Uh, All the polyglots here, you know, learn one language at a time. They've been through, you know, the hardships. They know what it takes, and they're not.
1: We're all terrible at at least three of them, right?
3: There you go. (laughs) There you go. It's not just me. (laughs) (laughs) So,
1: people who've
3: been through it they They know you know what it takes and and they're always very supportive of others who are going through it, yeah, right? So this is the place. This is a safe environment,
1: so even if you think I haven't started yet, I might, I wonder if I could Th- this is the place to go, really?
3: Yeah, you know I tell people, don't be intimidated by this. you know, be inspired by yeah. everything and 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 you if if you want, you know, Go for it, talk to the people, and you'll get all the support you need and all the help and uh, all the ideas, you know. The inspiration that you'll get here will be you know, absolutely phenomenal.
1: Yes, I agree with that. And um, we're going to get lots more inspiration for the next two days, so I'll let you go. Thank you so much for talking to me.
3: Well, thank you, Kirsten. Thank <laughs> you for coming here.
1: <laughs> You're welcome. So I've grabbed Mark Pendleton. Mark, the first time we met was in Scotland, right?
0: That's right, yeah, we were at a... Uh, I, I can't quite remember what it was, but it was some conference about yeah, entrepreneurship and, exactly. and publishing. And, and it was
1: called Small is Beautiful. That's
0: exactly what yes, it was. Yes, yes.
1: <laughs> and here we are at an actual language conference, because that was really amazing for me. It was such a good experience to be there and think, wow, there's a, there's a language company. You know, there's like another language company. Do you feel as a small language company based in the UK that you're unusual?
0: I think we we are a little bit unusual in that um, we we are an independent company. We we have started from scratch. We built our company around a love of languages and developing a, a passion for languages yeah. um, and teaching them to to worldwide learners. What um, we have found recently, we've been doing some internship programs with with local universities in Scotland. And and uh, as a as an employer, as a language employer in Scotland, we are we are pretty much unique uh, in the ability to offer internships to, to students.
1: Absolutely, that's amazing. So, because we've glossed over it a little bit, coffee break, any language, Coffee Break, Spanish, French, German, Italian?
0: And now Mandarin Chinese. And Mandarin, okay.
1: Yeah. So tell me, what is Coffee Break about?
0: The theory for us is that everyone's busy. Everyone has, has lots of things on their schedule. No matter whether you're a student or whether you're an older person, everyone has a very busy life. And for us, it's about trying to find materials, opportunities, that allow people to use the time that they do have to learn a language. So we came up with the idea of Coffee Break, being uh, a, a 20 minute lesson that you can sit down have a coffee or uh, a cup of tea if you prefer or a glass of wine if you prefer yes. and, and learn uh, a language so we produce the, the content that you can use in that, mm-hmm. that 20 minute and space of
1: time. it's audio content, correct?
0: Our, our, audio free, courses? Content, yeah, our free content is, is audio materials available as podcast format or indeed in, uh, in on- online courses um, and yeah. we also have video content and lesson notes that accompany those audio uh, podcasts but that involves a price there's a, a cost involved in the premium courses
1: mm-hmm. and one thing that I kind of found really interesting in your in your presentation which was about Coffee Break where, where you started your like wonderful background as a Scottish language nerd which must have been weird right in Glasgow
0: uh, yeah I mean there, there weren't many of us around <laughs> but it's nice to find uh, like-minded individuals yeah.
1: here Yeah, but most people out there are not language nerds they're not they're not coming to Nangfest, and they're not polyglots, right? So how do you how do you think Coffee Break serves them in particular?
0: I think there are a lot of people around who, not not necessarily here, but a lot of people in, in the world who have had experiences of learning languages and that didn't go well, or they have perhaps uh, never had the opportunity to, to learn a language. And very often these people feel, no, a language is not for me. I could never learn a language. And I always try to, to, to convince people that that is not the case anyone yeah. in my eyes it's like laugh.
1: our mission right
0: exactly and uh, there there are definitely people who 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 feel that they're they're not able to learn a language or don't have the opportunity to learn a language and really that's where where Coffee Break comes in because we encourage you to to learn while you're doing something else, having a coffee or at the gym in the car or something like that. Mm -hmm. And uh, what we try to do with all our content is, is interact with the listener and we have a learner and a teacher in all our episodes so the learner is asking questions which may be the questions of the listener too and the teacher is helping the learner learn.
1: Yeah, okay so a question that kind of came up in my head is how do you you feel about language learning apps like Memrise and Duolingo? Because a lot of times when I meet people um, who are just sort of starting or kind of, you know, sitting at home thinking, well, I sucked at French in school, but I really want to learn French. They'll usually tell me, oh, I'm learning French. And I'm like, oh, wow, what are you doing? And it's always, always Duolingo. So how do you you feel there is a gap? Do you feel you add something Duolingo doesn't? Uh, Do you feel you compete? Or do you feel you actually fit in really well?
0: I think anyone learning a language, and I, I, I include myself in that because I'm constantly learning other languages and I'm a bit of a, of a passionate nerd about that. Mm-hmm. Um, anyone learning a language needs a, a variety of inputs. And that could be um, the, the sort of the gamified content of Duolingo, where you're learning phrases and you're learning how the words and, and, and language fits together. It could be um, video content on YouTube, it could be audio content, the kind of thing that we produce. But I think you need a combination of different elements to feed into your day. And for me, again, it's all about using the time that you have available. So if you are, are, are standing at the bus stop and you don't have your earphones in and can't listen to a podcast, you might as well use the five-minute that you're there to do a bit of Duolingo or do a bit of memorise or or whatever it happens to be to fill the little points in your day Mm -hmm. where you have that time with some language learning.
1: Yeah. Uh, One thing that I usually, I feel quite... I feel quite—I don't know—a little defensive. Of is you—you you mentioned in your in your talk the idea of dead time or the idea of you know time where we're just having downtime, really time when we chill um, and we're not really our our brain isn't engaged. And that time can be used for learning languages. That's that dead time that we often think about activating. And there's a part of me that. It feels defensive of that dead time, feels like, well, that's when we process our day. And that's actually, you know, I need that time for my brain to to be able to function most of the other time. And I feel like there was something in your, something that you have built into your podcast that sort of addresses that a little bit, which is the thinking time. So what do you, do you feel, or like, how do you view the importance of thinking time? And how do you view the importance of dead time?
0: we have a a bit of a a mission statement in a sense that we would like to help you turn your downtime and your dead time into do time, time that you do things. And it's a little bit cheesy. I like a little bit of (laughs) cheesy. However, I I would stress that we're not saying every bit of your dead time or your downtime should be turned into do time. People People can read that that
1: into it. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I think um, in in any one day, if you analyse how much time you spend doing things that you could be doing something else while you're doing in the course so there's actually quite a lot of time that we have every day. Now, I'm not suggesting for a minute you use all of that time to learn a language. But if you are, if you've got that 15-minute that break or if you've got the, the, the time that you've got to commute or something like that, yeah. then that is time that you can use some of to, to do something useful, be it learn a language, be it do something different. We, we also, as you mentioned, have this concept of thinking time. And within all our, our, our courses, we try to include that. So that learners, when they're actually using our content and they're listening to the materials, they do have time to process it. And learning is all about processing what you've what you've learned. It's 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 yes. only until yes. you it's only when you, you actually put it, you, you process it and then you produce it that you really understand it. I believe. Mm-hmm. So if we've taught something in our our courses um, that involves learning a a new expression or or a new piece of grammar, um, and then we need you to process that and think about what that means, then ultimately we need to give you time to do that. And that's what we try to do in in all the the podcasts. So that's the the concept of the thinking time that we introduce.
1: So it's more like one coffee break a day or one coffee break every other day, really, rather than fill every single break of your life with, you know, input. Yeah. I think sometimes people don't know that, that, in my mind, that doesn't work.
0: Yeah, I think... Uh... I always say that there are different types of coffee. You can have a very quick espresso, (laughs) or you can have a long, relaxed latte, latte or something like that, or your mocha chocca, whatever it is. And any time that something becomes too much, you lose your motivation for it. Mm -hmm. And motivation is such a key element to all things for language learning. And I think if you don't have the motivation, or if the motivation is taken away from you, then that's going to deter from your language acquisition. Yes. If you can keep up that motivation, and uh, that may mean taking a day off, it may mean only doing an espresso break rather than a latte break in any one day, that's, that's fine. Yeah. Because you need to make sure that you, you still want to learn. And for so many people, it's that it's making that decision that they want to learn something that will then follow through. Yeah. But making it manageable too. So
1: I love that. Time, then... Every time something becomes too much, you lose motivation, yeah. that is so, so true and so often overlooked. Yeah. So it's, it's nice. You know, You you get little snippets. You get your little, your little espresso. espresso You get a little cappuccino. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. Yeah. Are you staying here for the rest of the conference? Yep.
0: I'm going to be around until tomorrow. Heading home tomorrow night. uh, But looking forward to hearing lots more of the presentations.
1: Shannon Kennedy, actual Shannon Kennedy. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Kirsten Cable! actual Kirsten Cable! Yeah, well, we're actually here. We're actually in the same room. And Shannon Kennedy, in case you don't know her, she runs Eurolinguist and has actually been on the show. And you're going to you're gonna come back, right? Uh, of course, if you have me again. Yeah, will do, will do, oh, 100%. And we've just seen a talk by a mother bringing up her child, her five-year-old, in eight languages. So this is the fabled Bella. Oh, they said her last name on there, but her native language is Russian. Do you think she even has a native language as such? At this point, I think she has several. I mean, it's just really impressive. Yeah, yeah. So what was was the most striking thing? Because you're a new mother. Yeah. What was the most
4: striking thing about this for you? Um, It was just interesting seeing all the different resources that they use. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's nice to know that some of the ones that I'm using are similar or the same. And it also gave me an idea of some other stuff that's available. Yeah, and um, so yeah, no, it was it was really interesting. Yeah, and do you
1: well? I can't even recall the languages that she read in, but did you also have the feeling at some point because we saw a lot of videos of Bella reading in Russian, Bella reading in Italian and Spanish.
4: Uh, did you at any point have that feeling where you're like, damn it, she does it better than I do, and I've worked so hard. I definitely have that feeling. I have a lot of languages in common with her, so mm-hmm. when I was listening through and like her accent is amazing and it's just like at the ages that she was reading, these Texan and German and in French and it was just like Unbelievable, honestly. Mhm. Certainly gives us a
1: gives us a new perspective on little kids and what you could teach them, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So you are speaking as well at Langfest, right? I am. Yes. Yeah. Right. Give us a gives a preview of what you're gonna talk about.
4: Okay. Um, I'm talking about how to use what you know, basically how to apply the skills that you've developed, learning anything outside of languages to your language learning, so that you can become a more effective or productive learner. It's basically like how to take shortcuts without acting. Actually taking shortcuts in your learning and applying as many principles as you've taken from outside things to your studies. Are there any specific outside things you're referring to? Um, well, there, anything really, but in my talk I'm going to point specifically to things I have personal experience with, like music and parenthood, um, investing even, oh, wow. and um, uh, minimalism. I'm gonna talk about a couple of things. Yeah.
1: You're gonna talk about minimalism? I am, yeah. What? Yes. Well, Shannon, you clash with the Romanian class. And you're on in the morning, but I think you've just convinced me
4: because that's so interesting. Because what's that to do? Okay, what's that to do with language learning? A few things. So, um, one of the principles I'm going to talk about is the less is more. And it's uh, Mm -hmm. the discussion that in using less, you actually gain more. So, when you use a bunch of different resources, you end up with a really broad knowledge of the languages that you're studying. Whereas, if you use a limited number, you can actually gain a deep understanding of the languages. Because basically, what it comes down to is using a lot of resources is just a fancy way to procrastinate. So you get stuck on a chapter or you don't really want to work on something, so you go and you work on something else, and then you just skip doing the work that you actually need to do, whereas if you limit the number of resources that you can use in a form, minimalism, you actually force yourself to go to the next chapter, because if you don't go to the next chapter, yes. you're not going to be studying languages. Mm-hmm. So I'm, ta- I'm going to talk about how I've used this principle to actually make more forward progression in the languages that I've studied, because I'm, a, I'm at heart, a language resource hoarder.
5: Having a bunch of resources, yeah.
4: So, and so it's yeah. like it,
1: basically the because I, I love that I love working within restriction very much, and I, I feel that it yes. it gives you a freedom that you otherwise don't have.
4: Absolutely, because you yes. become
1: slave to all your stuff otherwise. Right. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. Okay. Yeah. Thank you very much. And Thank I you. think before I've <laughs> I've just dropped everything. <laughs> so we are now we're waiting for a talk by Professor Stephen
4: Craschen yes. himself. The man. I know. know. All right. Well, let's hang on for that. It's going to be amazing. And it's just absolutely incredible to get to meet everyone, especially you, Kirsten. Yeah. yeah, We're here. Lindsay's here. I'm here. Shannon's here. Um, So really, if if
1: you want to meet a lot of language bloggers, I think go to Langfest. Not just language bloggers, language learners in general. True that. True that. Fantastic group of people. All right. Speak to or catch you later? Well, we sat next to me, so I'll catch you right now. (laughs) So, this is Grégoire giving us an introduction to Quebecois, which is the language of Quebec, a French dialect. So, this is how we pronounce the French diphthongs in Quebec, because
6: they're a bit special on va dire père, ou père". donc c'est, c'est, je l'exagère un peu mais souvent quand on, on, on se moque des québécois c'est souvent sur la distorsion parce qu'il y a, comme, il y a comme deux voyelles en une sur si père donc donc je l'exagère un peu mais ça sonne comme une voyelle en fait mais en en réalité si on plan sur le plan euh, du, des phonèmes il y en a vraiment deux donc les exemples ici on a on, peut, on peut le faire peut peut-être euh, allez-y on peut l'exagérer on
1: uh, mm. So instead of rêve, they say rêve. I bet I'm getting this wrong.
6: Car. No.
3: No.
0: No.
6: No. I don't
1: want to withhold from you swearing in Québécois. So, if you really, really want to have a swear, you do a religious swear and you say, Collis and Dabba. <laughs> Okay, so we've just seen Shannon Kennedy's talk, which was called Applying Outside Skills to Language Learning. A fascinating thing, and she gave us an exercise, which I have now subjected my whole row of seats to, um, which was thinking about something you do outside language learning, the skills of which you can apply to your language learning. So I've got Benny Lewis here, small blogger fluid three months dot something com. Dot,
7: Just, co- starting <laughs> Just starting <Yeah>. off.
1: Just starting off. Very experienced. But Benny, you're an, you're a trained engineer. How does Electronic engineer, yeah. How has engineering, how do you think that can transfer into language learning? Is there anything at all? Just grab the mic.
7: Absolutely. So as an engineer, one thing you have to do is constantly apply what you're learning. And I find that engineering contrasts with science in that way. Because in science, you're constantly in a quest for all the best knowledge you can find and all the theories that work under ideal circumstances. Whereas engineers are the ones who are making real world things. and sometimes that involves non-ideal environments.
1: Yeah, mistakes, huh?
7: Yeah. And so I always think of my language learning like uh, the engineers who make devices like an iPhone, for instance, where you have to ship it. There is going to be an iPhone in a few months. You have to put the chips in it. You have to upgrade whatever you need to upgrade, a camera or whatever, and then produce it. Because otherwise, you would never actually make anything, because there's always slight improvements that you can wait for. There's this perfectionist paralysis that I feel people who think about the theory too much don't really get Uh in the real world. And my engineering background was just essential for that because it forced me to use my knowledge in the real world, see that no matter how good your theory is, there are going to be things that mess it up. And then making it work anyway, making something that's 80% good because of all of the things working against you, and realizing that that's actually something useful. People sell things, even though there are better chips that you can get nowadays. And I think Mm. my language learning is, I can aim for a certain level in the language, and have that as a milestone, be proud of that, even though I could continue improving over time.
1: Yeah. So engineering essentially gave you freedom from perfectionism. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Cool. Well, and also, there is a level of Facing your fears, and I'm going to turn to my left to yeah, <laughs> bye. <laughs> to what's your name? Oh my God, I'm oh. Tim. Okay, to Tim, who has got. I think you've got the mastery of facing your fears down. So, what is your outside activity? I'll scrap it will give you the mic.
8: I'm actually. I actually do flying trapeze in the in the oh. school <laughs> in school uh, in the circus school in in Quebec City, and yeah, actually facing your fears is quite a big challenge over there because you you have to do some tricks and stuff and uh, all the time it's uh, It's really nerve-wracking and you can you can hurt yourself if you don't do it properly and it's something in language learning as well that can be really challenging sometimes to face your fears and uh, For me, I think it's it's really important to face your fears in language learning and try and speak as much as you can uh, with people uh, <laughs>
1: yeah, and this is really interesting because the way you you you're used to putting yourself in high risk situation.
2: Then yeah,
8: yeah, yeah, for sure. There's there's always safety ropes uh, mm-hmm. for sure. But once you get used to something, you you take the safety ropes off, mm-hmm. and uh, in those cases, you have to really face your fears and try not land on your head. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> and in language learning, sometimes it's the same, right?
8: Yeah, exactly. So do
1: you find you're, like, really daredevil about it?
8: About the flying trapeze? No, about uh,
1: speaking another language?
8: Yeah, I try I try to, but I, I try to stay in safe environments as well until I'm, uh, like, on italki and stuff like that to speak with mm. people that don't make me too nervous, because when you're too nervous, I think maybe your brain goes away a bit and you can't think properly. Yeah. And I think that's really important to be in safe environments until you can kind of feel like you're more comfortable with it in in the language.
1: Yeah, and that's the same with trapeze, because we can't just jump.
8: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Like, when new people try it, we have people... uh some kids that are four years old that try it for the first time. It's really safe and there's like people that hold you and uh, it, it's, it's, re- it's really safe until you're ready to, to try new things and uh, take the ropes off uh, and fall directly in, in, the, in the net.
1: Yeah, fascinating. I loved, it. I mean, it's been a really inspiring talk, applying outside skills to language learning. So as a listener, um, I would certainly ask you as well. So, Jenna Fatness, hello! Hi! Hi, welcome to the Creative Language Learning Podcast. Thanks for having me. Yes, so, well, we're at the end now, so this is I'm doing kind of the final interviews at the final picnic, and how was your weekend?
5: It was great, I had a great time.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, Any particular standout moments?
5: um, For me, always the best part of coming to these events is, even more than the talks, although the talks are great, uh, the best part is just interacting with the people and just being around people who love languages and who have the same passion as me, and feeling like I'm not the only crazy person who likes to learn languages. Mm -hmm.
1: There's yeah. definitely something about it. There's an energy. Yeah. So it's it's almost like as if the magic happens between the sessions. Yes, uh, I
5: think so for sure.
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay. In in your normal sort of environment, cuz do you live in Seattle if I'm not mistaken? I currently live in Seattle, yes. Yes. So do you normally hang out with a lot of language early people? Um not really because I'm like not
5: very good at going out and doing things. I'm an introvert, so like I have a tendency to like hole up and <laughs> stay by myself in my apartment, but um um, yeah, I do try to go out and, and meet people. Um, they do have a lot of like language-related meetups in Seattle. Um, there are definitely people from other countries, people who speak other languages. So I've gone to a few things like that and uh, would like to do more, for sure.
1: Wow. Okay, well, you mentioned introversion then. I think you touched on that in the talk you gave. So if you can give us a quick summary. It was called unconventional Unconventional ways of... motivational techniques. Unconventional motivational. So what is a conventional motivational technique?
5: Uh, well, there are a lot of them. Um, By conventional motivational techniques, I basically just meant all the techniques that I had heard about that seemed to be very popular and that I had tried because a lot of people recommended them. Um, Some examples might be um, having external accountability, like Mm -hmm. um, posting your goals on social media or uh, telling a friend about your goals, um, joining a mastermind group, something like that. Um, That's an example yeah. Um, people are screaming uh, with excitement. of um, uh, Some techniques I there They're, I heard they're about not accountable to anybody. That um seemed to be popular, so I tried them and yeah. I found that they actually didn't work for me. And so um, I wanted to think about why that might be and what I might be able to do instead. And so I just um, discussed some things like that and gave some suggestions of what people might be able to do if they also found that those techniques were not working for them.
1: Yeah. And another technique I know that you mentioned was, and I, I wasn't there. <laughs> okay. I wasn't that wasn't okay. another talk, but I checked out your slide because I was curious about mm-hmm. it. Was this thing about specialists that some yes. advice seems to be written with somebody who is a specialist in mind? Mm-hmm. What do you mean by that?
5: Um, so a specialist is, you know, somebody who focuses mainly on one thing, one discipline throughout their lives. Um, and I think um, our society um, is kind of specialist biased. Um, so we are like taught that we are supposed to be specialists. So, for example, all of us when we're a little children. We're asked, "What do you want to be when you want to grow? Up? What do you want to be when you grow up?" Yeah, and we're supposed to pick one thing that we want to do for our job. Um, and then, you know, we go to school and we go to like career counseling, and we're, we take all these quizzes and things that are supposed to tell us like what our one true passion is in life, and we're supposed to yeah. like build our
1: career around <laughs> this one thing. And then, did you ever get to? Uh gas station attendant. Gas station attendant? Uh, no. Well, I... that's my that's my oh, that's your career passion in life. life. Yeah, yeah. Okay. My passion in life. <laughs> well, there you go. Um, <laughs> <laughs>
5: uh, yeah, and then we go to university yeah. and we're supposed to, you know, choose a major. And we're it's always to... one thing. Yeah, we're supposed to do one thing, right? And uh, of course, there are people who change their minds. There are people who do multiple things, multiple things, but it's not really considered something to be proud of to change your mind. Mm-hmm, um, yeah. to stop something in the middle and go on to the next thing. The ideal is you should do one thing and stick with it
1: um, but and that's the success stories we hear
5: yeah and of course there are people
1: who do succeed with that
5: there are mm-hmm. people who are i guess more specialists by nature um, and who you know are, are chiefly interested in one thing and are perfectly happy devoting to th- themselves to that and that's great because we also need those people in our society to do you know certain things that are very specialized um, but not all of us fit into that mold mm-hmm. um, so some of us have multiple interests um, we have multiple things that we are equally passionate about and equally would like to devote our time to. Um, and so it's very difficult for us to fit into that mold and um, we tend to um, have a lot of self-esteem issues because we feel like oh, we can't stick with anything. There's something wrong with us. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's actually not true. Um, so there have been like some books written recently by people um, who have discussed uh, people like us. They've come up with various terms for the concept. Um, the one that I use is the word multipotentialite, which has used, been used by someone named Emily Wapnick, who is an author and has written about the subject. Um, so I just talked about that in my presentation, um, and I suggested um, some techniques that people who are multipotentialites might be able to use to motivate themselves.
1: Oh. I think this is this is fascinating, especially when we bear in mind that many people learn languages in school in younger ages mm-hmm. and then go on to become lawyers and doctors or perhaps mm-hmm. the Lord knows what. You know, like you do a career that's got nothing to do with languages, so you think it's not your thing ever. And when you get curious about it, you still have in your head this isn't my thing. Right. And I think there's something to get over and to when you've considered that word to think about well, this is where my this is like hidden potential. I can like crack open. I get this like beautiful beacon of my French-speaking self. That's a that's a wonderful image, I think, that can come out of this. Right. Um, and
5: yeah, I think I kind of lost track. of The original question was, uh, <laughs> what, what are like specialist motivational techniques? Um, so. There are a lot of techniques that say, um, for example, you have to be consistent and you have to do the same thing every day, or you have to like schedule your time. Um, you have to set like very specific goals, and you have to like make your plans like a year in advance or whatever. Um, I think those kinds of techniques can be very difficult for people who have multiple interests, who mm-hmm. want to do many things at once, um, who like randomly become interested in other things and may not, you know, may want to like change their goals like partway through. Mm -hmm. Uh, because, you know, they've become interested in something else. Um, You know, those kinds of techniques don't tend to work very well for me because I get distracted very easily. Or, um, yeah, I also just don't like having the pressure of having, like, this deadline or this, like, limit that I have to meet. Um, And so I wanted to think about some...
1: alternatives to that <laughs> and in what when i think we're thinking about sort of activities perhaps if we have an example from the last what half year uh-huh. it's a long time when you're doing a lot of things right yeah. so in what way was that you and what so way? did you feel like you're changing your mind did you feel like you're taking on something new trying something new uh- Is this question too personal? I can cut it out.
5: No, it's not too personal. It's just hard for me to even remember what I've I've done in the last half year. Oh my (laughs) gosh. Yeah. I guess I have three like main areas of interest in my life that I tend to like fluctuate uh, back and forth between. So obviously, I love languages. Um, I also love music, and I also love to draw. So um, usually, at any time in my life, I'm mainly interested in one of those things. Um, but you know, there are other things that come along too. Like um, just randomly, I might decide I want to learn all about like philosophy or you know some other random subject. And whenever I become interested in one of these things it's like very compelling to me so I want to just dive really deeply into it and not do anything else for a while and so that's why it's very hard for me to say like oh you have to do this thing for 30 days in a row every day because mm-hmm. I never know when something else is going to come up that I want to do yeah and I just don't want to be restricted in that way
1: how do you counter it what's kind of your best your best kind of tip I suppose if we're going to talk tips mm-hmm. what's your what's what's your way to counter these this feeling of well, I shouldn't stray. Um,
5: well, in terms of language learning, um, one thing that you can do if you are like starting to feel bored with the language or you're feeling like you want to do something else, um, you can like change the method that you're using or change the materials that you're using. Um, like if you're bored with a certain textbook that you've started, uh, you don't necessarily have to finish that textbook. You can switch to something else and you can still continue to make progress in the language and yeah. still continue to learn. So, um, you know, just using a variety of resources and materials um, is one thing you can do. Um, Also, I am an advocate of taking breaks. Um, I believe taking breaks can be a good thing. Yeah. um, Because, you know, if you take a break and do something else or just, like, relax for a while, maybe don't do anything, um, then you go back to the language again after a while. um, You can feel, like, refreshed and, like, more motivated than before Mm -hmm. um, because your brain has had time to, like, rest and to sort of organize all the information that you've been putting into it yeah and so I found that taking breaks um, has been very helpful for me
1: that's amazing so it's like a talk and a big summary of what it's like to swim upstream I think Uh, I suppose fantastic well thank you so much Jenna for talking to me thank you so hey Alison, you've just well, we're at the picnic now, right? So today was the last day of Langfest in Montreal. And is there anything that stood out to you this weekend? Something that you really particularly enjoyed?
9: Oh, there were so many elements, but one of the things that I was most nervous about was like I was expecting everybody to fluently speak eight languages and not necessarily to be close minded but mm, some sense of sort of inequality but everybody is so welcoming, regardless yeah. if if you're unilingual or bilingual, everybody's just encouraging yeah.
1: everybody else. That, yeah. that, that was a definitely definitely a positive surprise. Oh wow, yeah. I, I think a lot of people. When I tell people that I'm going to Langfest or polyglot gathering or polyglot conference, a lot of people react that way and kind of feel like they can't go, right? Ah, yeah, as if as if it's closed off, but not an yeah. elite society.
9: No, exactly. Like you're talking to me, and I just <laughs> subscribed to your. Uh, your mailing list a few months ago and it's it's amazing and I've, I've met a few like stars in the
1: language community and it's, it's amazing because everybody's yeah. really approachable and yeah and I, I think I mean from from my feeling is you don't really want to be like a star in the language community right but it's nice to be putting stuff out and to be honest because like writing about languages is, 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 is still really niche so it's so nice to meet somebody who's actually read it <laughs> you know that's great that's really great and do did you Is there any particular talk that you really loved? <laughs> I, I loved all of them and I
9: have lots of notes that I'm going to have to look through and, and yeah. process in the future. But, um, yeah, I think I'm going to have to find a balance between sort of um, actively pursuing languages and sort of like passively pursuing them and just being okay with that. Yeah.
1: Uh, what, what got you into languages first?
9: Um, I think that's the Really yeah, hard question, but I think um, at some point I realized people communicate subconsciously more authentically in their mother tongue. Oh, interesting! And connection is is so important to me. Yes. Um. So even though I wouldn't be communicating in my
1: mother tongue, I I wanted to make that effort. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, yeah. There's some this special reply? connection when you talk to somebody in their own yeah. native language that yeah. they've grown up with, right?
9: Yeah. Regardless whether it's a couple words or or you're you're a medical interpreter like you. Like that. You it's I mean depending on the language and the person, you have a place in their mind and a place in their heart that
1: yeah. other Definitely. people don't and they do for you too. And how do you think you'll take whatever you learned from Langfest and sort of put it into your life? Um, I think I think each of the speakers I listened to had
9: at least one huge point that resonated with me, and then there were a few others that I, yeah. I definitely will take time to like sink in. But like, there there are just so many things to mention. But just not to be hard on myself and to just keep going. And um, yeah. some of the ideas I, I little and often was a big one I think this weekend. Yeah, and some of the ideas I already had were reinforced a bit in some were question but like there, there are just so many things I can't mention one yeah. like each speaker has, like had really relevant useful um, things to contribute to my life to the class or sorry um, to the people in
1: the classroom
9: yeah so
1: yeah I don't think I could just say one thing no but you're summing up I think you're summing up so many of the true important points that people often forget so I think you this is really this is really wonderful it's a really good summary so I'm glad it benefited did you like that you. yeah and then see you here next year Yep, yeah, for sure yeah awesome okay well thank you allison thank you too Hi, I met you at the start of Langfest because you interviewed me and now I'm here pointing a microphone at you. This
6: is really funny, yeah. Uh,
1: How are you doing, Mihai? I'm doing great. Yeah, have you had a good weekend?
6: I had an amazing weekend, actually. Cool.
1: Any standout talks, events, anything that really stood out to you?
6: Absolutely. I mean, I loved your talk. Oh,
1: you were there. Okay. I also
6: loved Lindsay's talk. Oh, fantastic. Uh, I mean, I think I really, like, I learned so much this weekend. It was awesome. So definitely an amazing weekend. Weekend.
1: And not only did you learn something, but you also taught something. Is that right?
6: That is correct.
1: Yeah. So tell me, tell me about the talk you did.
6: So I did, uh, I did a talk called uh, Romanian 101, mm-hmm. and uh, it was it was a combination of uh, teaching about the culture and the influence of uh, the Romanian language, mm-hmm. but also uh, teaching a couple of uh, sentences in Romanian. So it's kind of like a mix between a workshop and a, and a talk. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. And why Romanian? And what is your connection with Romanian language? I I,
6: I am Romanian, actually. Oh my god, yeah.
1: really? Romanian with a North American accent?
6: Exactly. Okay, um, what's your story? So my story is, uh, I was born in Bucharest in Romania, uh-huh. and my family immigrated to, to Montreal when I was 11.
1: Fantastic, yeah. yeah. So do you have, like, fun memories of Bucharest?
6: I do, I do, actually. Uh, I went back to Bucharest after seven years, oh. um, and, and it, was, it was actually a bit weird, because everything in my memory, everything was small. <laughs> I, I <laughs> Everything was big in my memory yeah, and when I actually you were small, got it. Exa- right? Exactly. Oh wow. But it was it was good. I, I, I really love uh, Romania and the language. Yeah. Uh, it's awesome. Yeah.
1: Ah, okay, well, do you promise me you'd teach me some Romanian? I did. I don't know how, even know how to say hello in Romanian. Okay. So let's do hello. Let's
6: do hello. So um, Buna. Buna. Buna okay. means hello.
1: Okay. So how do I say hello from Langfest in Montreal?
6: You can also say Salutor yeah. de la Langfest.
1: Ooh, Oh, Salutar. I need to roll my R.
6: Exactly. Roll the R. Okay.
1: Salutor de la Langfest. Exactly. Yes. De l- Salutor de la Langfest. Yes. Okay.
6: Salutari. <laughs> Salutar. Salutar. Sa- salutari.
1: Salutar de la Langfest. There's
6: a e, like a slight hidden eye at the end. Wow. Salutar de la Langfest, Salut, exactly. Salutar de la yeah, Langfest. Yeah. Oh, yay!
1: Yeah. Fantastic. Yes. Okay. In Romanian, I am having a wonderful evening. Thank you for the inspiration.
6: Uh, avem o, o seară foarte frumoasă.
1: Oh, avem o,
6: o, seară, o, seară, foarte, o seară? seară foarte frumoasă.
1: Yeah. Foarte. Foarte.
6: Frumoasă.
1: Frumoasă. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm having that experience, but you get, you're get first get. Your mouth around another language, exactly. and you're like, What are all these sounds? Exactly. Well, it's
6: kind of like Spanish, but like from Latin America, where you you roll your R's. Yes.
1: Yeah. As you can tell, I have problems rolling my R's.
6: Uh, that's good for French, though. <laughs>
1: yeah, but French, you can go, oh, Yeah. You
6: exactly. know, like
1: a German R, and I'm German, so yeah. it's easy for me to do a French R.
6: Yeah.
1: Oh. And this is a classic polyglot conversation. Yes. <laughs> okay, well, thank you, Mihai. <laughs> One question. Yes. What do you know now that you didn't know before the weekend?
6: Oh. Well, I, uh, hmm. let's see.
8: Good to see you, too. Uh...
6: Um, yes yes. Well, I learned I learned so much uh, 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 this weekend yeah. um, where do I even begin Just just the idea of a comprehensive input I think that that was big for me yeah because I, I actually I was doing it myself when I was learning the, yeah. these different languages mm-hmm. but I, I didn't know there was there was actually a lot of research behind it so yes. it was it was a great thing to, to see that my technique was was actually backed by by research as well
1: Yes that is great to see. Awesome! So essentially you come away feeling more confident Absolutely. about things that you, about your gut feeling.
6: Absolutely. And I want to learn a ton of new languages as well. Yeah,
1: that's the way to be. Okay, we have come to the end of Langfest 2017. We stood here in the sun outside the Poutine Place for a little dinner, and I'm going to join a
2: picnic of polyclots. Yes. Excellent. And I've also I found Lindsay again. Hey, Lindsay. Hi. Hi. I I feel like I've hardly spoken to you. Well, I've spoken to you, but not with microphone in presence.
1: No, I've kind of been roving with the mic. Indeed. Yeah. So it's. I think it's time to catch up. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's have a think. Yeah. What did we? What did we? Overall, fantastic event. Would definitely recommend it. Yes. Definitely, really, I had a lot of fun. Yeah. The organisers were so chilled. I felt really good all the way. You know, you feel very welcome and
2: excited. Absolutely. Yeah. And, yeah, Tetsu and Jerry, I think. And the whole team, you know, do a wonderful, wonderful job. Can't be said enough. Yeah. Um, so what were your standouts? I mean, if I, I'm looking if, if now. Any. I'm looking now at my little uh, badge. Yeah. With, with, the, with the timetable. I think first day for me, I loved um, Jana's talk, Jana Fadness. Jana Fadness. Uncon- unconventional motivation techniques. I thought that was amazing. Mm-hmm. I really, really love that. Um, you know, it was really interesting because, like, a lot of a lot of what I say on Lindsay's languages is motivation-based. You know, stuff like that. Mm, and so, course. kind of to hear it from someone else's perspective, and you know, it's yeah, it's so great like, to hear yes, somebody yes, say yes, yes, that agree. doesn't work for me. Agree, agree, agree. Yes, very um, interesting. Day 2. It was really good to hear from Mark Pendleton. From Mark Coffee Pendleton, Break Spanish yes. and Coffee Break Everything, Radio Lingua. Yeah. Really, really and we've, and we've too. had him on the show. He's, he's, so he's he's Excellent. in the episode. Yeah. Lindsay doesn't notice, but ah, yeah. That's exciting. Yeah. I had a chat with him at um, lunch one day. She's a really fantastic nice. guy. Very, very wonderful. And I love the film as well um, by Diana. Diana scaler I think I'm saying that right? Diana Scala. film to my father, which was... Very moving, very very interesting. Um, yeah, if if you get the chance to, I'm sure there's a trailer online somewhere, but definitely check that yes, out.
1: Yes, I have actually seen the trailer online, so I'll put it in the show notes as well. Yeah. So no problem at all. I'll put Jana in the show notes, Mark Pendleton and Radio
2: Lingua is yeah. going in the show notes, as is Diana. And I I feel like there was a really great talk on the afternoon of day two in the room downstairs. In the room downstairs. I think yeah. Just was it a word mine? On the street. Mm, oh. It's mine. Ah! <laughs> Let's <laughs> go. Both say, yeah, went quite went okay, yeah. it went very I well. Very, I was very pleased. Some really lovely, um, comments and stories shared at the end as well, so it was really nice to hear, yeah, um, other people's experience. Like my talk was about learning, it was called Why and How to Learn a Language You've Never Heard of, yeah, um, so it was great to hear some, you know, other yeah, you were sharing again. about Gorani, really, yes, yeah, yeah, which is really fun. And
1: listeners of the show sort of have a rough idea of what I spoke about when I say language habits, the four tendencies network sort of us yeah upholders rebels and questioners and that whole thing so I kind of gave an overview of that and felt well I don't know I was too nervous to really pay a lot of attention but overall I think good times good times were had tell you what I thought was really great in many of the talks yes were that a lot of the presenters showed pictures and background on themselves Joey Mm. Perugino one of the organizers did an amazing job and I loved his story and how he came to languages Mark Pendleton and then followed that on by sharing the picture of his little... When I was 16, oh, I had my own little language school and just all these books and, you know, 80s Mark, that was amazing. And um, Shannon did it too today and introduced yeah. herself, Shannon Kennedy. And it's interesting. and it's, it's great to hear where your speaker is from and who they are and why they care. I yeah. really loved that. That was yeah, great. Definitely. Yeah, more of that, please. And then finally... A talk I really enjoyed today was Lydia Machova's talk on the differences of your approach to languages when you're working as a conference interpreter versus loving and learning languages as a polyglot. So yeah, as you can hear, we're like super inspired inspired, Yeah. Definitely. Yes. And the next event, just in case you're listening and you just can't wait to come to any of these events, uh, we've got the Polyglot Conference coming up That's in true. Reykjavik on the last Something weekend of October. Last weekend yeah. of October. Yeah.
2: And there is also what else have we got? There's the Gathering in June, which was confirmed today. As yes. The news. Confirmed. From Roll, please. From It's Rome. going to be in Bratislava again this
1: week.
8: Yes.
1: year. Yes. Polyglot Gathering yes. 2018 taking place. In Bratislava, yeah. and Langfest is yeah. already confirmed already for booked. Montreal last weekend of August 2018. So hopefully we'll yeah. see some listeners there, and we met a few. I met a few podcast listeners, and hopefully we'll see you and many, many more. Yeah. Yay! Lindsay will be back
2: from her trip around the world trip around the Americas yeah what in Montreal next year mm-hmm. potentially we'll see we'll see are you just going to stay out for a I while may, I may be home by that point already I don't know mm-hmm. depends it's very open right now it's very open right now where are you off to next after this next Quebec City and then we fly to Cuba in a few days yeah so it's Quebec and Cuba for
1: Lindsay yes it is Toronto and the west coast of the USA for me yeah and it's um, goodbye from us postcard yes. from our travels so yes.
2: goodbye from me. Goodbye. RPG. Goodbye from Lindsay. Uh, <laughs> au revoir. Au revoir. That's We're the in one Montreal. I, that's the one I was looking for. Oh. Okay, au revoir. So it's goodbye from Lindsay.
1: Au revoir. <laughs> well, everyone, that's it from Langfest 2017 in Montreal, the Festival de Langues à Montreal. And I'm recording this little goodbye message to you from Toronto, where I moved on to after Montreal. And I just want to say how wonderful... It's been, even between Montreal and Toronto, I have already met people who speak Hungarian, Romanian, Mandarin, Cantonese, and of course, French and English really are prevalent in this area of the world. It's a great, great place to visit if you want to experience everyday polyglotism, bilingual places. Fascinating. So, Without further ado, it's my turn to say goodbye to you. Thank you so much for listening to this live episode from Langfest. If you weren't there, why not leave me a message and tell me if you're, if you know, this little flavor got you excited and you're planning to come next year. As you know, there are events in Europe with a polyglot conference and a polyglot gathering. There are events in North America now with Langfest and also in Shanghai. Itoki is running something called Lang con or language con they are running a one-day language festival so there are so many events out there and in fact I have a blog article for you that you'll find in the show notes where you can find out about worldwide language events so really you know get out from behind your computer and come and meet us come and meet other polyglots and hang out it's it's I can highly recommend it really fun As a final request to you, if you've enjoyed this episode, as always, please subscribe in iTunes and please leave us a little rating. We've had such a wonderful range of new ratings from the USA, from Canada, from Italy. Thank you, Chiara. Grazie, Chiara. Just me and rolling the R's. And I just love reading your responses, but also it's really meaningful and helps the podcast be seen it helps other potential polyglots find us and connect with you with me and just get inspired about language learning and that's why we're doing this so please support the show by leaving us a little quick review in iTunes or if you don't have iTunes in Stitcher or if you don't have iTunes or Stitcher to be honest just tell your friend about it and share it on your favorite social network it is extremely meaningful and it helps the show a lot thank you so much and i will see you in the next episode i've got some amazing- really really cool planned so stay tuned until the next episode of the creative language learning podcast bye guys